In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is now Good morning. It's so good to see all of you, and especially the new faces who are visiting with us for the first time. Uh, as you know by now, we are on this journey together to understand the book of the Romans, the epistle that St. Paul sent to the Christian community in Rome. And we have got to the point at the chapter 7 and 8 that I sent earlier last week. Even if you don't read the, those emails or you're not following with us in the reading, I hope this sermon still is relevant for you. Uh, and I'm going to talk about certain aspects of what Paul is talking about and how is that applicable to our life even today, and especially when we see the war around us and the war and the destruction that happens to uh, other human beings somewhere in other part of the world. So, so far what Paul was telling us is that we do not inherit the sin of Adam. What happens actually, God is not after us to punish us for Adam's sin. What we inherit from Adam is actually the consequences of the sin, which is death and enslavement to sin and enslavement to evil because we don't have any control. So, that, so that's what we get from Adam. We do not inherit the guilt. We actually inherit the consequences through death, death and enslavement of sin. So the Torah, the Jewish law, the Ten Commandments are mainly there for us to show our shortcomings, to see how we are making mistakes and sin and losing and not getting into the target that we should be getting to. And then the goal of the Torah is for us to repent, to come back and to prepare us as humans until Christ can come and restore the broken relationship and the broken communion between us and God. And through baptism, we are grafted unto Christ and then we become adopted sons and daughters to God and that's why in boldness in a few minutes we will be able to say our Father who art in heaven which actually does not sound like our Father in the original language it sounds more like our Daddy we're having that boldness and intimacy with, with God to be able to call Him our Father but because of Paul arguing this way he says that Christ fulfilled the law and in a way we do not need the law to tell us where sin is enslaving us in our lives. We are free from the law in the sense that we do not need that reminder where sin is because we supposedly have transformed through our relationship with Christ through baptism, become God's family and now we have the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, to overcome that enslavement. But through the Torah, through the law, we know that we are enslaved. And uh, he's talking about something in these two chapters that is very relevant to us today, at a personal level, at least for now. We crave to do the, the thing that is forbidden. Think of yourself you, if you wanted to cut down on some food that you should not be eating. And you are still thinking about the piece of chocolate that you have in the pantry and you know mentally that you should not eat it but succumb after a few hours and go there and not only enjoy one 
but enjoy probably a couple of them. So we all do that. We all know what we should not be doing and still we do it. For him, he says it twice. One of them is very clear. For the good I will, I will to, for the good I will to do, I do not do. And the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. We are broken. That's the manifestation of our brokenness, that we are enslaved to sin. And even if we try to resist, we fail many times. He talks about the flesh that is broken. And he does not only mean our physical bodies, but everything that's broken inside of us, including our biases, our prejudice, our distorted thinking, our hatred and jealousy. All of this is part of our broken flesh. To resist the evil, though, we cannot just push back. We all know that. I'll continue to push back against the chocolate that I like, but I will succumb at the end. The problem is in me because I am broken and I am weak. When we push back against evil, we need Christ. Because Christ is the only one who has the power to break down sin and to transform us to not be slaves to this sin. To fight darkness, we cannot fight it by ourselves because we do not have the light to fight darkness. We need Christ because he is the source of light that will dissipate darkness. In a dark room, the only thing you need, you don't just hate darkness, you light a candle. And even one candle is able to dissipate the entire darkness that is in that room. We need Christ because we do not have the light in ourselves. But the question that remains, how do we deal with the evil in us and around us? To understand that, to be able to answer what do we do with the evil in the world, we have to understand what the evil or sin does to us as humans. Paul talks about this, and he is very clear about his understanding. Sin deforms us. Sin does not eliminate God's image that is created in all of us, regardless of who we are or our belief system. As long as we are humans, we have the image of God inside of us. So sin deforms that, but cannot eliminate it. Even in the people, because God has created everything good, and evil cannot change it, can deform it, but cannot change it. Even we know that from a criminal who would regret what they did, and probably you have seen that on TV many times. They interview a criminal and he will say, or she will say, I am not like what I did. I regret it. This does not represent who I am. Even the criminal recognizes that there is even a spark of goodness inside of them that does not represent the evil that they committed. In the end, sin is what we do, not who we are. Please keep this in mind. Because today, when we look around and see the destruction that humans can do to each other, 
hatred and violence and destruction and killing and evil, we can lose faith in humanity. Throughout history, humans killed each other in the name of God or in the name of the God that they understand. However, no one of sound mind, and especially of a true Christian, will ever justify killing another human being, no matter how evil they are. In times of war, to be able to sleep when killing is happening, there is one thing that we humans have to do. We have to dehumanize the person who is our enemy. On both sides, the victim and the victimizer. The criminal has to dehumanize the other person that they kill because they need to sleep at night. They have to think that the other person they're killing is less than a human so that they can sleep. The victim and the sympathizers with the victim have to dehumanize the criminal. Because how could that criminal do what they do unless they are savage humans or savage animals? Both sides dehumanize each other. So what do we do as Christians? That's the big question when we are faced with war every time. When Christ says that we have to love our enemies, and then what do we do when people are killing each other? The only way is to bring Christ into the equation. We have to see what's happening from the perspective of Christ, not from our human perspective. We have to look at it from the perspective that God is still working in the world. He wants to redeem the world. He cares about every and each one of us because we all are created in His image and according to His likeness. He wants to redeem everyone and bring them back to Him. He values everyone, even those who are so deformed by sin and evil to the point they look like they behave like savage animals. If we think for one second that someone, because of what they do, they are less than a human, then we are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, which is the worst sin. This is the sin that cannot be forgiven. The reason is, by doing so, we believe that the Holy Spirit is not able to heal that broken human being. Therefore, as Christians, we cannot be sucked into the narratives that we hear every day on the news. We have to stand outside of them. We have to be free as the free children of God, away and outside of these stories, so that we're able to redeem humanity in those who are killed and being, who are killing and being killed. Everywhere in the world, because we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So we have to stand outside of the conflict and see the humanity of both sides. When at any minute we start, we find ourselves dehumanizing one side or the other, we have to stop. We have to repent and we have to pray that God will illumine our hearts so that we see the humanity of both sides.
So our invitation today is to remember that sin and evil is added to our nature. They cannot change what God has created in His image. We can be deformed because of sin and evil, but that does not change the fact that we are creating the image of God. We have as Christians to strive to see the situation from the perspective of God as everyone in a conflict and avoid blanket judgments and dehumanizing expressions. Only by doing so, we can be authentically Christian. We can be the true living body of Christ in the world. And through doing so, we may be able to break the vicious cycle of violence and bring the light of Christ in the world to dissipate all darkness. Amen.